here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Ben Grant from Ben Grant Music, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Austin from Amusement Insider, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, this is Hunter from the On the Hunt Podcast, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, this is Jeff Tucker, host of the podcast 91 Reasons, and the creator of the YouTube channel Tucker Time. And you're listening to something that's better than both of those, the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, David Cantu and Jenna Gassell. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Good. How's it going, Dave? It's going good. Going good. Happy Friday. Another Friday down. TGIF, wouldn't you say? Yes. (laughs) Most definitely. Oh, I will tell you, it has definitely been one hell of a month, I'll tell you that. Right. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys are all having a good week out there. I hope you guys are going to have a good weekend. Happy spring to everybody, too, out there. Got a very special guest in the house tonight with uh, Andrew. We've got uh, Tim Holloran. He runs uh, Coaster Crew all across the country. Coaster Crew is actually a really fun organization, basically a giant coaster club. You become a member, you get to go to special events, they host all these really awesome events at parks all around the country, and it's just another a good way of making friends along the way so kind of like what we do yeah pretty much kind of like everyone well, here on the you podcast get to we're do. all good friends you know so <laughs> but yeah andrew is standing by with tim today but first we are going to do our lovely segment called the youtube highlight clip of the week it's the youtube highlight clip of the week the youtube highlight clip of the week it's a video that stands out because it's unique it's the youtube highlight clip of the week all right so this week's youtube highlight clip of the week jenna is actually going to be stepping aside at the moment because this is something that i want to reach out to all you listeners on now normally in our youtube clips that we share on this podcast we try to do all different types of stuff like some of the most funniest moments we see in a theme park or on a roller coaster we also do some things that people have done very good in society and community abroad but the one thing that we didn't do in season one and we're going to kick it off right here in season two is that we are going to start sharing some heartfelt videos something that is more inspirational motivational to try to help those out there that are struggling with depression stress anxiety i think we can all agree out there those who are listening here that the past couple years it has really been very tough for just about everybody not just in the coaster community but throughout our country and around the world today i'm going to talk about something i haven't really talked about yet the past couple months since the beginning of the year. I myself have gone through many struggles, depression and anxiety. I had a lot of challenges that hit me so far this year. And this month has been really hard because a lot of decisions in my life 
had to be made and there had to be some major changes. Now I've been through depression in the past and I've always picked myself up, dust myself off, and I was able to continue moving on, doing better than before. But this year, along with the pandemic that has happened the past couple years, I have really got right back down to depression again to where it was really hard to pick myself back up. And the one thing that keeps me moving forward is that this podcast and its mission. I am very dedicated of dedicating my life to helping all of you out there to be able who, who's going through what I have gone through. I want you all to know that I hear you. I know what you're going through and you're not alone out there. There's a lot of people out there that are looking for help but don't know where to turn. And if you're out there right now listening to this podcast, the clip that I am going to be sharing with you today is some of the best motivational speech of 2022. So take a listen. Today I need you to embrace what comes hard. Today I need you to accept the challenge. Today I need you to fall in love with the process. There will be plenty of opportunities to get discouraged, to lose your passion, and think that it's not meant to be. But if you're going to reach your destiny, you have to have a made-up mind. If you give up after the first time, or the fifth time, or the thirtieth time, what that really means is you didn't want it bad enough. There should be something you're believing for that you are relentless. You are not moved by how impossible it looks. You're not discouraged by how long it's taking. You don't give up because people told you no. Your attitude is, if I have to believe my whole life, I am not going to stop believing. I am not going to take no for an answer. I'm not going to settle for mediocrity. I'm going to keep pursuing what put in my heart. And ask yourself, what do I really want? What do I really want? And write it down. Writing causes thinking. Thinking creates an image. And you get these images going, you're building a vision in your mind. It's the visionaries that's changed the world. Think of that. But what keeps that competitive edge, what keeps you on top, is the ability to think and prepare mentally over and over and over again. The body has limitations, the mind does not. We focus so much on what goes on from the neck down that we forget it all starts from here. Everything starts from there. If you're not mentally ready, you're never really physically prepared. And that's where the preparation starts. What would your life be like as you look toward the future? If you decided, I'm not going to allow my peers to stop me. And I'm saying to you, whatever you gotta do, do it, because if you don't, life is gonna whoop you until you surrender. So when you're young and you make mistakes, don't let them eat you up. Because mm. everybody that done made it, done made them. You got to fail in order to win. Hey, look, man, to understand how to hit the game when it's shot, you got to miss the game when it's shot. You know, you got to be tough because the road to success is always under construction. It's never a clear path to success. The people who become successful are the people who have a relentless attitude. 
And you just got to hang in there through the bad breaks because the bad breaks is coming, but they usually come right before the big break is about to happen. You get a series of bad breaks and it stumbles up a lot of people. My life and my success is to say to anyone, you can stumble, you can fall, you can get back up again. No matter what you face, no matter how bad it is going to be, when there is a challenge, and by a challenge, I mean anything in life, any, any challenge, anything that you're facing, the only way to overcome the challenges that you face is to start walking. Take that step every day, no matter what you are facing, get up and start walking. I have the ability to see the end before the beginning even begins. And what that means is I know that to get to the very end, I can see it right now. So before I went to Bud's and I was losing all this weight and shit, I saw myself walking across the stage at 191 pounds. That's what I had to get to, to, to get into the door. I saw myself six months, a year later, whatever's going to take me to do it. I saw myself walking across that stage, getting that certificate of graduation from Bud's. And I was able to be there at 300 pounds. And that feeling that I was nowhere near that feeling, I was able to put myself there a million times every day. And that feeling of like, my God, that is gonna feel amazing. That's what made me suffer. That's what allowed the pain to be real and say, this is worth it. I wanna feel for this next 18 months, it took me 18, months to finally become a Navy student, to finally you know, just get through butts. 18 months, it's six months, took me 18. That's what woke me up every morning was, I'm gonna put myself through this much pain and suffering for a few seconds. That's all it is. A few seconds of joy. And it's so worth it, man. I said, people don't get it. So I'm able to put myself at the finish line, even though I have no finish line, but at the finish line of an event before I even start them to say, how are you gonna feel at the end of this? Visualizing is, is my biggest tool of life. That's why I, I, I've been able to put myself in cold water, put myself in a hundred mile race, millions of times before I've done it. And I've been able to go through the race and see how I'm gonna feel at mile 50, almost to the, almost to the exact, exact feeling. Right, so when it comes up, it's no surprise. It's no surprise, I've already done this a million times. I recommended the last time I was here, the little book, Richest Man in Babylon, and I said, I've lectured now to over three million people. Guess how many have actually gone and got this little book? Answer, very few. My best guess is 10%. Such an easy thing to do. This little book, number one, is easy to find. Number two, it's easy to buy. The most you can pay for it, six, seven, eight dollars. You can borrow that from your kids. But if it's easy to find and easy to buy, and if it's easy to read, why wouldn't everybody go get it? We don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Here's how profound it is. Some do and some don't. Now here's the numbers. About 10% do. We don't know the mystery of that. And I'm telling you, 10 years from now, those numbers will still be the same. The numbers don't change. Only the faces change. I used to belong to the 90%. 
who couldn't be bothered even if it was easy. How many people have a library card? Answer, 3%. 97% couldn't be bothered. Guy specializes in happy hour, but he doesn't have a card. And now readily and quickly blames the government and blames his company and blames the pay scale. Here's my advice to you today. Walk away from the 97%. Don't talk like they talk. Don't go where they go. Don't act like they act. Don't specialize in what they specialize in. Throw away the blame list they cling to. You got to be consciously conscious today because your environment can hypnotize, mesmerize, and paralyze you. The other thing is take full responsibility for your life. Oscar Wilde once said, responsibility is what we expect from somebody else. This is very true. Most people dread accepting responsibility. That's just a fact of life. And we can see it in operation every day. We can see ourselves getting hot under the collar when the dentist keeps us waiting. And we're sitting there reading old magazines when our appointment was 30 minutes ago. And we don't stop to think that we forgot to mail in this month's mortgage payment. We can see ourselves growing angrier and angrier because a business contact is supposed to call at noon. And here it is almost two o'clock and the phone still refuses to ring. But we don't stop to think about the calls we ourselves have forgotten to return while we've been so busy fuming. We can see ourselves writing an angry letter to the airline because a flight was delayed, but we don't write an angry letter to ourselves when we're late for something, even though that might not be a bad idea at all. Yes, we can see avoidance of responsibility all the time in both our personal and professional lives. And here's something else we can see just as often. We can see that most people aren't as successful as they wish they were. Do you see there's a connection between these two very common phenomena? I certainly do. And by the end of this session, I hope you'll agree with me. I hope you'll understand that it's in your best interests to take responsibility for everything you do. But that's only the beginning. I'm also going to suggest that many times it's even best to accept responsibility for the mistakes of others, especially when you're in a managerial or leadership role. I can hear you saying, what? Accept responsibility for someone else's mess ups? Why would I want to do something like that? Well, that's a fair enough question. And over the next few minutes, I'll try to answer it. One of my weak points in my personal life is I don't like technical stuff. So even though I have to be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I don't care for that. So guess what? I find somebody who loves to do that. You know, I find somebody who has a strength where I have a weakness and I partner with them. All you're trying to do is get to the goal. No one gets there by themselves. Everybody needs help. Now, when you know what you got going for you, be confident, not cocky. Managing your strengths, knowing what they are, and don't let nobody talk you out of it. And that gets you fight ready. You get fight ready like that. You got to know you. Helps you develop your skills. All the while, you're developing your strength. It's, it's not, it, you just got to keep developing the strength. Don't let anybody talk you up. At the same time, you must work on improving your weaknesses.
So I've had to, in spite of myself, get on Instagram, get on Twitter, get on Facebook. I got to do the videos whether I want to or not because the world is moving to social media. If I had as many followers as Kim Kardashian, I probably wouldn't even have to do this TV show. All right, so Andrew is standing by with our special guest today. We've got Tim Holloran from Coaster Crew. Really exciting episode, so take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast. In the coaster enthusiast community, some of the best memories come from coaster club events featuring backstage tours, lift hill climbs, special speakers, food, prizes, and of course, the ever-coveted ERT. There are a number of coaster clubs in the United States and around the world. One such club that is well-known for its events is Coaster Crew. The Coaster Challenge podcast is proud to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the president of Coaster Crew, Tim Holleran. Welcome, Tim. Well, thank you, Ghost. So much for having me, guys. We're happy to have you. Happy to have you. You know, you, you obviously know a lot of people given your role in Coaster Crew and you've been in the community for a long time. And I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know who you are, but there may be some that don't. In case, why don't we start off here, Tim? Uh, tell us about yourself and your experience within the coaster community. Okay. Well, my name is Tim Holleran, and I live down in uh, Orlando, Florida. Some would call it the theme park destination of the world. Everyone loves to come here. I run the Coaster Crew, which is an enthusiast club, very much like ACE or TPR. I handle memberships, event planning, I and mean, of course, scheduling events with park for our members. So we can do backstage tours, ERT, buffets, all kinds of good stuff. My experience with the coaster community, that's my experience there, just running the club for the most right. part. And then making all the friends that I've made, obviously. Right. Of course. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, you're an institution down here in Florida. I mean, you know, you and I both live here in Orlando and we're at the parks all the time. And it's great. I, that's one of the things I love most about this hobby. Yeah. Riding the coasters, of course, is great. And going to the parks and traveling. I just, you know, love the people. I just love hanging out, making friendships and just having a good time. And you're, and you're, same, uh, you're same. I've made more yeah. friends than I could possibly imagine just in the last 10 years in this hobby. It's been absolutely amazing. Yep, this is my same experience here. Just meeting amazing people. It's it's been it's been amazing. It's been awesome for sure. But yeah, glad to see that you've had good positive experiences because you know that's what it's all about for sure. By by the way, well, and we're going to talk a lot more, of course, about Coaster Crew and the club and what it's all about. Uh, kind of the second half of the interview. But one question that I didn't have on the list, you could whatever detail you want to share here. Approximately how many members does Coaster Crew have right now? Uh, approximately one thousand. Wow. I mean, I I'm an ACE member and actually volunteer for ACE and produce that their podcast as well ride with us but i don't know how many members ace has but i mean it's a thousand that's pretty impressive i mean this is a pretty yeah i think name. ace yeah 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 i think ace might have close to like seven or eight thousand i think yeah that, that yeah. Sounds, so we are a smaller yeah. club yeah right but still a thousand is that's nothing to shake a stick out that's pretty nice that's pretty big yeah, yeah. So that's yeah awesome. i'm very blessed yeah that's great that's great the uh like i said the second half of the interview we'll talk more about coaster crew the first half we're going to talk more about you individually as a coaster enthusiast and your experiences and whatnot related to our mission and so forth to start off with kind of an easy kind of a freebie question if you will what was the first coaster you remember riding like the earliest coaster you rode well you say it's an easy question but it's really not right well (laughs) the first one you remember yeah yeah I've been, my parents, I grew up in a theme park family. So my parents always traveled to theme parks as well. And we went to theme parks as as young. I I have pictures from when I was a baby at theme parks. So unfortunately, the only thing I can narrow it down to is it was, I came from the Northeast. So the New England area. So I can only narrow it it down to like Storyland or Santa's Village, Canopy Lake. Even, I even asked my mom this question and she cannot remember. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, oh, well, th thank so, you for asking your mom. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, we, we traveled to theme parks all growing up. My parents loved theme parks as, almost as much as I do. They didn't travel to other countries like I have. They definitely loved theme parks, and they always they were always a part of our vacation planning. Right. So I can narrow it down that my first coaster was in the north in the northeast, possibly the polar coaster at Storyland. I was very young. Right, that makes sense. Okay, no worries. Let's go from that to something that's probably a more recent memory. Maybe it was when you were a kid or maybe it was older. Tell me about the one coaster in your life thus far that has scared you the most, that you were most intimidated by before you got on. I will say the first coaster that intimidated before I got on it was King Dakar. I had never ridden anything like that before. Um, okay. I, I guess I did go on on Top Throw Dragster, but that was after. But King Dakar, right. I couldn't believe it. Okay. So that was the one that was like kind of freaked you out the most before getting on it. Then, a right? little bit. Yeah. Just from yeah. the height and the speed. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it is not the fastest in the world. That's Formula Rosso. It is the tallest in the world. And it certainly is very fast. It's basically the second fastest, I believe. So, yeah. Okay. Tell me for one thing, like that coaster, and, and King Kai is definitely one of the ones we hear about periodically, along with Topo Dragster, very similar coasters, of course, mm -hmm. as being the scariest. And both of those coasters have something in common in that they're not at a Disney or Universal or a Fantasia land. They're, they're at a, a, a coaster park, a thrill park, Six Flags, or Cedar Fair in mm -hmm. case of, of uh, Topo Dragster. They're, you know, they're outdoor lines. You, you were hearing the coaster as you're going through the queue. You're seeing it. So there's a lot of intimidation factors. So tell me a little bit about what it was like that first time on King Ka before you even got on the ride, just going through the queue. What was going through your head with all the anticipation? Oh, oh goodness. That, that queue like butts up right against that launch, man. So right. <laughs> to watch train after train after train launching and everyone else on the ride is obviously freaked out too, because this is a new concept really like going that tall, that fast. Right. I, I have to say my anxiety was pretty high just waiting in that line. <laughs> right. What year was it that you wrote it? Um, it was opening year. So whichever oh. year that it was opened. Yeah. I think that was 04 or so or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Living in the Northeast, it was pretty accessible to me. So I went to Great Adventure pretty often. Yeah. I'm, I'm from New Jersey. So growing up, I, I went to, that was my home park. Went there all the time. Can relate. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you, you were an early rider. So, you know, this is new for everybody, like you said. So very intimidating. Lots of anxiety. Got it. Okay. So obviously you wrote it. You know, there's no mystery there. You yes, wrote it. That is correct. <laughs> it's a short ride, given that it's an intimate catapult coaster. It's not, you know, it's, it's less than a minute. Can you remember any thoughts that you had during the ride, you know, after that launch happened or as the launch was happening, going up the top at coming down? You know, what kind of thoughts were going through your head? At first, it was probably... I can't believe I'm doing this. Right. <laughs> Even though I, I love roller coasters at the time, I just I still couldn't believe it. I still had those butterflies, the right. anxiety in my stomach. And um, but I guess as the ride progressed, by the end, I, I already knew I wanted to ride it again. Right. Okay. So it was obviously a positive experience, of course. Makes sense. Yes. If you think about after riding King Dakai ever since then, would you say or how could you say that riding King Dakai conquering your fear impacted you? You know, what did that do for you? short-term, long-term? Well, it definitely wanted me to travel more to other parks and to get out there more, to try more experiences, new roller coasters, top throw dragster, so on and so forth. So I, right. I'd say it, it open the door to me wanting more. Right. Okay. And you haven't ha had that level of anxiety since then on a ride, right? It's not never been as intense 
sense is that? Drop towers are a close second, I'd say, but no, not for a roller coaster. Okay. All right. Let's we'll come back to the drop towers because I'm curious there. But just in terms of coasters, would you say that conquering King Ka fear on that ride helped you deal with potential fearful situations after that, at least with coasters? No, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I can pretty much ride anything, do anything now. Like that was the top and that was it. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome. Drop towers. So I'm guessing it's a heights thing for you. That's kind of your trigger. It's it's an anticipation thing, I think, more so. Got it. Heights don't I, bother yeah. me as much, but it's that pulling up to the top and then you, you don't you never know when you're gonna drop. So you're like you're holding on for a moment because you you don't know. I right. Mean, it can happen right. at any time. Right. That makes sense. Now at some point you conquered your fear of, of freefall towers like where you're, now you're just like let's get on it again and again right yes that would have been Zumanjaro, which king to ka right backside <laughs> of king to which is you know basically up there with with orlando freefall you know being one of the tallest and lots of like you said anticipation lots of time spent going up and, and all that yes so it sounds like you know with coasters with king to ka and then on the backside of king to ka Zumanjaro, you know and of course all these other crazy rides you've been on the trips you've been on you know you You've done a lot of fear conquering. Would you say that there's been a change in your life in terms of your ability to handle things like anxiety and fear beyond coasters and, and theme parks in general because of the stuff you've done? So yes, talk, it's talk also also the community in general has made me more social. It's much easier to talk to people and I've made so many friends. So really from a social aspect, especially from writing these things, I've met people right. and I've created bonds with and friends with, friendships with people that have been absolutely amazing that all connects together which it's a an amazing thing yeah no that that makes a lot of sense i can definitely relate i mean i certainly was more introverted you know earlier years you know when i was younger i certainly feel like i'm definitely more extroverted as an adult natural leader that sort of thing i have to agree with you especially these last couple of years here in the community you know i've met a lot of new people you know living down here in florida and orlando area you know certainly met people locally but also met a lot of people that i i was friends with on facebook or talk to and social media and whatnot. And then they came here to Orlando for a visit and I've started going to more events. You know, I'm going to start doing your events. We'll talk more about that later. Beyond that, can, can you say like coasters and theme parks, you know, not just fear, but just in general, have they had any other significant positive impact, you know, besides the social aspect, which is amazing, which is great. Anything else you can think of? I really cherish the social aspect of it. it I just, I love people now. Right. <laughs> and I love right. meeting people. In the last year or two, it has helped me with my weight loss a lot. I will say that. Great. Yeah. So yeah, my, yeah. my health has increased yeah. and I'm that's still awesome. working on that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk more about that a little bit later, but that's a good kind of preview of, of things to come. But thank you. Yeah. That's, and that is amazing. And we'll talk more about that. So, yeah, I mean, these are certainly, you know, big things, you know, being able to deal with anxiety, deal with fear. Would, would you say your mental health? is better because of theme parks and coasters yes a part of my my eating disorder was depression so uh, that has greatly improved over the last couple of years i know during the pandemic it did hurt a lot of people right. the pandemic gave me a, a moment to reflect and to focus on myself i was able to actually come out we're almost to the other side of the pandemic i feel like i'm coming out on the other side of it a much better person a much healthier person just because of it it hurts me to say it hurt a lot of people but it did help me in a lot of aspects. Certainly, I get what you're saying. And some people have lost their lives and that, that, that yeah. can't change. Yeah. But for people that have had negative, other negative aspects from the pandemic, what can come from negativity is, is that, that that's negative in that moment, but you can turn it around to a positive. But yeah, I feel like it that. saved my life, actually. That's amazing. Well, yeah. again, like, again, we'll talk more about that journey. 
and a little bit here. Okay, well, clearly theme parks and coasters have had great positive impacts on your life in multiple ways. I'm glad to see it. You're not alone there. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about a, a few more kind of just basic kind of coaster related questions. These are these next ones are kind of fun ones. And then we'll get more into what you were just talking about with your journey, with the weight loss journey, and then coaster crew. What has been your craziest moment you've ever had on a coaster? I thought about this a little bit. Back when Superman Ride of Steel was brand new at Six Flags New England, right? cell phones were really not a thing. right? So loose articles were not a major problem at theme parks like they are now. A lot of theme parks, they might have you go through metal detection and all that stuff because of cell phones and because of the intensity of rides. Back then, it wasn't like they weren't checking pockets and stuff. I, I don't condone this now, obviously, because it's against <laughs> park rules. Right. Back when it first opened, during the on-ride photo, me and my friends would do a lot of crazy stuff, like bring newspapers on during them, <laughs> cups of coffee, <laughs> and, and smoke cigarettes, which I also do not condone, but you weren't actually smoking them. But right, just, just doing Right. Right, just doing funny, funny poses like that. And I know that they, a lot of people do that kind of stuff like on Splash Mountain and stuff. I've seen a lot of memes and stuff where people are playing chess and stuff on on the ride. That's probably one of my craziest memories of doing things quite foolish on a coaster was back in 2000 there when that first opened. That's pretty crazy. That's that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, back then, like you said, you could get away with things because technically things were not against the rules back then or, you know, the rules were looser. But, you know, unfortunately, and and you, you guys were doing it you know, obviously in good spirits and just for fun, you weren't, yeah. you know, affecting anyone. Fortunately, whether it be people who deliberately, like, you know, the people throwing the hot sauce packets in Cedar Point and Seal Vengeance when it opened and, or just people, you know, taking things on and being careless or, or, you know, even accidents happening, things falling out of right. pocket. Unfortunately, things have had to have been tightened, but, you know, at the end of the day, safety is paramount. It is what it is. It makes sense. What would you say your favorite coaster is? My favorite deal coaster is Superman Ride of Steel or Superman the Ride now at New England. I know that my most fond memories of it are with the old restraint system. So that's what I hold on to. I know a lot of people don't really like the new restraints. I think it's still a great ride. I think the layout is fantastic. I don't think there's another coaster out there that has such a great layout like that with that spaghetti bowl at the end and the out and back, just everything combined is just, it's amazing. The underground features, it's just all around, just perfect to me because I love floater air as well and that's what you get on it. Uh, But that would be my favorite deal for wood is El Toro because it's nice. just craziness. I just nice. from beginning to end. What is would you say is your least favorite coaster? I might get some flack from this, but uh, mind right. blower, mind blower at Fun Spot America. <laughs> <laughs> you're you honestly because that that coaster comes up a lot with friends of mine you know people visiting here you know after leaving universal yes sea world let's go to fun spot and people will say that it's the worst because yeah they make me ride it every time and i hate it (laughs) well the the thing i was going to say is uh, a lot of people I, I hang out with, a lot of people you know as well, friends of yours as well, Susie's and whatnot, they've already been on on these coasters. They hate Mindblower too. I like it, but they'd rather ride, ride White Lightning, you know, do the late night rides on White Same. Lightning. We've been hinting at this a lot, Tim. So let, let's, you know, I've been looking forward to talking about this because I think this, what you're going to share, and you've already given a little detail, but I'd like to go into more depth, really relates to our mission. Because at the end of the day, what Coaster Challenge is about, that you can say we're about facing fear and all that. But if you take things at, a higher level. What we are about is about the concept of theme park therapy and about the idea that theme parks either directly or indirectly, as we're about to get to here, help improve people's health. 
It keeps the depression away, quite anxiety, fear, even helps with physical ailments. But back in the 2020, 2021 time period, that's when I first met you. I remember the first time I met you was a bunch of us were at SeaWorld, like Austin, Mark, myself, a whole bunch of us. You were there joining us. And I remember how funny you were. And I, you, I, that stuck out for me that day as how entertaining you were sitting there outside pretzel <laughs> kitchen with all the jokes. I love your snarky humor. <laughs> I have the same kind of humor. And, but I remember, you, you know, people were saying you, you were, you were not, you were too big to, to get on, you know, Mako, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The next time I saw you, I think maybe it was still like that. And then next thing you know, you're at Universal and you're riding Velocicoasters. You went through this major change in the middle of this very mentally and physically challenging time, the pandemic, especially the early part of it, 2020, 2021. Talk about this major change that you made in your life. What was that like for you? What happened? This all kind of started September prior to the, the pandemic. Was that 2020, 2019? 2019, September? 2019. 2019. Yeah. Okay. September, I moved down here. I just got out of, uh, gotten out of a relationship in Columbus, Ohio, uh, where I previously lived before moving to Orlando. During that relationship, unfortunately, I suffered a lot of depression and a lot of an eating disorder of overeating. So I would binge eat a lot, go from restaurant to restaurant sometimes and eat and eat and eat. And it got out of control. Like I would literally go from a Wendy's drive-thru and eat a lot and then go next door to the McDonald's drive-thru because I didn't want to like be embarrassed in front of the person I was ordering from. So I would go from like restaurant to restaurant. It was just a self-destructive part of my life, I guess, where I loved roller coasters, but I was just intentionally just eating and eating. Mm. And I was able to fit on them. Shortly after my breakup, um, which wasn't really related to my eating disorder or anything, that was a separate scenario. After leaving Columbus and moving to Florida in that September of 2019, shortly after that, the pandemic struck. So I was down here for less than five or six months. I came down here. I'd always wanted to live in Florida. It's a place where I'd always wanted to be. So I just took that opportunity. Um, I was able to move my job and everything. It was just, everything just kind of fell into place during that time where I was losing someone, unfortunately. It kind of worked out where I was able to move down here. For the first few months, it it was great because Disney is obviously accommodating to larger guests. You can go there and you can pretty much almost ride anything. They don't care what your weight is. They're like, come on, hop on, which is great for them. But their rides obviously are not as crazy as like Velocicoaster or uh, Iron Gwazi or anything like that. Once the pandemic kind of hit, everything kind of closed down. It gave me a moment to kind of look at myself and focus on me and and really think about what my next step needed to be to improve to improve myself mentally, physically, and in every way possibly that I could. So the wow. pandemic gave me a lot of time to kind of like like think. Wow. I also got sick with COVID that same month in March. So we had an event at Dollywood, and unfortunately, I believe that I caught it in Pigeon Forge area and brought it home with me to Florida because that's when everything kind of just started to fall apart. Right. My getting sick, I was sick for about a month with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't leave the house because it was just awful. And during that time, I, I was eating a lot. I just had lost my appetite. So that kind of kickstarted everything for me really too. Like I was like, I'm not eating a lot. So I'm just going to try and continue with not starving myself, obviously, but making healthier choices. And sure. then eventually the park started reopening down here in like June or July. Right. Um, so I use those as a, not only a place to meet people and friends and stuff, but obviously exercise. Whenever I was going to the parks, although my friends might have been riding things I couldn't, I was exercising. So I was getting that, that the walking in. And nice. 
that was a combination of of making better choices instead of eating pizza, grilled chicken, instead of french fries, broccoli, nice. just making those those small adjustments and then changing the amount I was eating really helped me through the pandemic to to lose the weight. Now working up uh, to Velocicoaster, which was my goal to get on it, I unfortunately did not make it on opening day. Right. So I was unable to ride it on during the season pass holder previews or whatever, but right. I was able to fit on it within three months after that, I'd say. In the summer um, last year. Yeah. Yes. So I, I heard this anecdotally. I've never, you know, you and I got to know each other pretty well, but I don't, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this aspect of it. So I had heard through mutual friends and so forth that it was Velocicoaster that inspired you, or that was your goal, was to lose enough weight to ride Velocicoaster and Hagrid's, right? Yes, uh, Hagrid's is actually more difficult than Velocicoaster, right. believe it or not, but it is. Yeah, because of the restraints and, yeah, it's different kind of seats. Yeah. I can, I can totally see yeah. that. But it was Velocicoaster, it sounds like, first and foremost. At what point was it towards the beginning of the pandemic? Was it that, like, March 2020 when you said, I want to get on Velocicoaster, I'm going to start making changes? Yes. Okay, a little more than a year before it opened. Wow, that's that's really powerful. Powerful. And what I'm really impressed by, Tim, and I hope this perhaps can inspire some listeners here, is a lot of people. Now, myself, fortunately, I, I have dealt with depression in my life, three clinical depressions in my life. I, as each one, as I've gone through each one, I've built up my toolkit and strengthened my toolkit for self-care to prevent depression and anxiety and, and so forth. Because of that, the pandemic didn't affect me. I mean, a lot of people became depressed during the pandemic, understandably, even if you've COVID never touched your life, even, you know, people, you know, just being stuck and not be able to go places and kind of feeling like you're in prison. It's, it can be depressing. Now, fortunately, you know, I was, I was working from home. I had enough other things going on in my life that I never became depressed, but here you are, you were depressed coming already coming into the pandemic before it. And the pandemic gave you a chance to pause and, and look at yourself and introspection, which can be a very good thing for self-care and just really ex accept reality, which is very brave, you know, realizing you've gained this weight. And you used that pause, that time being, being stuck at home to make things better for yourself. That, I mean, a lot of people would not be able to do that. So that's really impressive. You, I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty good level, maybe not always, obviously, but of self-control. At this time, yes. Right, you've yes. learned that. Yeah. yeah, I've learned that, yeah. Yeah, so I, I you know, I think it's I, amazing that you went on this journey and you're successful. And I love it that my number one coaster was the primary inspiration for it. That That's awesome. That's kind of a icing on the cake that kind of personally can relate. And I think it's great. You know, I love, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guests we've talked to on this podcast, they, the parks themselves being in the parks, be going on the coasters and having the endorphins the adrenaline and the, the mindfulness and all these things have helped them deal with fear and anxiety, depression, and, and just better their health. Wanting to enjoy more things in the parks and maybe not miss out on many coasters, you know, where your friends would go without you. That inspired you. So that indirect, that's amazing. That's really great. Thank you. The worst part of it, I'd have to say, is running a club and yeah. doing things like ERT. Right. I would have to stand on the exit platform and just watch everyone else have fun during ERT because I couldn't right. ride with them. Right. That's, that was probably yeah. one of the worst parts of it, actually, is not being oh. able to ride with my friends. Understandable. You know, you, one other thing you mentioned I want to touch upon before we move on here is theme parks from a physical health perspective. If you think about all the food, you know, the corn dogs, the churros, all the junk food. Yeah, you can very easily 
One can go to the theme parks and you can do your coasters and your rides, but also be a glutton with all this really bad food, especially without self-control. And someone can really wind up in bad shape. I have found over the years that I snack less at the parks. I, I get self-control. I, I want to be healthier. And I focus more on just getting the walking in. And Tim, I'm assuming you were talking about, you know, getting the good exercise at the parks. Have you used like your health app, your, you know, tracking and all that? Like look at how many miles you've walked on these park days. I actually just got a smartwatch. Like oh, really? three days ago. Nice. Believe it or not, I did not use anything through all this. I just, I always want, personally, it's much easier for me to always have the exercise as the secondary activity. Right. My first activity is going to the theme park and enjoying right. rides and stuff because making exercise the first activity for me doesn't work. I give up. <laughs> Got it. Right. So I've learned right. to put something first and then the exercise as secondary. As long as I'm, I know that I'm getting the exercise in, it's for a reason. It's not just for my health, but it's to get from one coaster to the next. <laughs> right, right. That way you're more successful um, to get that exercise, right? Right. Yeah. So believe it or not, I stayed away from the gym and everything throughout this whole thing because I really hate those things. But right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I try to go to the, the theme parks almost every day. That's awesome. I go every, it doesn't matter if I work that day or not. I try to go there in the evenings whenever there's always friends I know there. Right. So I try to get my walk, my steps in like, every day yeah this that and that but, explains a lot of why i run into you at the park so much and have hung out with you just on happenstance like that and, and that's a great thing is when you're at your home parks you know running into people and just you it, it feels like a home away from home it really is like especially universal islands of adventure that's my home away from home it's five minutes from here now from where i live now but still yeah so i can I can relate. And so, yeah, I mean, theme parks can be great for you. And you are a perfect example of getting cardio in. Forget about the gym. Who needs Peloton? Just go for a walk. And if you're in a beautiful park, you're with your friends, you're walking from ride to ride, you're laying off the yep. junk food, you're, you know, it's, you're a proof that how good it can be. So I, I hopefully... This could be inspiration to to some of our listeners. So thank you for sharing that. That's a great story. Oh, thank you. Of course, I'm of course. Glad to be here to be able to share it. Oh, it's great. That's awesome. Let's the last kind of kind of set of questions here of the interview. We'll finish off is going to be all about. Let's talk all about Coaster Crew. Okay. First of all, how long have you been? Uh, in charge of president of Coaster Group? Probably a little less than 10 years now, but I've been with the club for over 12 years. Okay, so you've been with the club for 12 years and in charge of it for 10. Okay, talk about how you went from being a Coaster Crew member to being the guy that's been running Coaster Crew ever since. Uh, in the beginning, obviously, Clint was the president, right? and he oversaw both Coaster Crew and the In The Loop podcast, along with the YouTube channel that they had, which was like In The Loop with Coaster Crew together. So a lot of content was, was done together on the YouTube page. Page, or channel, I should say. Right. Uh, basically, we had the Coaster Club, which obviously is there to just cheer the parks on, to support them, pretty much no matter what they do, whatever choices they make. <laughs> We're there to cheer them on because we love right. to go to them. And that's what we love to do. We're enthusiasts. We love to ride. So we're just, right. we're there to ride. The podcast side of things, people were able to voice their own opinions a little bit more, whether it, whether it be for the parks or against. So that put us in a scenario where we couldn't 
cohabitate. Right. We, Conflict of interest, it sounds uh, like. Yes, correct. That's exactly okay. what it was. So to keep things simple, Clint was actually just going to close the club down because oh. In The Loop and the YouTube channel were doing very well. Right, so, right. Still are, uh, the, yeah. they, they, they had to make a decision because one was indirectly hurting the other in some cases. His choice was to close the club down. But before he decided to do that, he offered it to me. Basically. I see. Okay. So I, I took it off his hand so that we could disconnect the arrangement that was previously made with them being connected and just separated them. Now, I believe if you go to their YouTube channel, it will still reference Coaster Crew a lot, right. uh, but we're no longer like affiliated directly anymore. Although I'm very good friends with Clint still. I just got off the phone with him just before the podcast started, actually. And he'll be at Iron Gwazi Media Day tomorrow. So um, oh, I'll nice. see him there tomorrow and myself. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. They, they were just, they didn't mesh well together because they were both growing and right. they just needed to go in different directions. Makes sense. I always was wondering that. And that's part of why I put the question there. I thought maybe I'll just, just appreciate that. Thanks for sharing. That makes a lot of sense. And you've been running the, the club for like 10 years now. So what has been your favorite event you've done so far and why? It's, it's very difficult to narrow it down. It's like, uh, you can name <laughs> a couple favorite of <laughs> Right. <laughs> one, one of them uh, that stands out is a yearly event we do it in Virginia is called Virginia is for Coaster Lovers. We do two park, uh, two days, Saturday, Sunday at Kings Dominion and Bush Gardens. It's really, it's a great weekend, both days filled with ERT and food and, and all kinds of perks. I like that just because it, it's a yearly event and we've grown on that. So a lot of the same people come together every year that I might not see at every other event during the year, but I always see them at that event every year. So that, that's a, a, an event I, I love. One that tops that might be the Fury 325's uh, opening year Oh, uh, for two reasons. Uh, it was also the, the, the closing of their wooden coaster, Thunder Run. That was what it was called, right? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Thunder yes. Run. So that was a pretty emotional day there because we got our last rise on Thunder Run and the general manager at the time of the park came over and rode with us oh. in the morning. He rode with us in the morning and it was such a, a sad day but then it was a great day because at the end of the night we, we ended it on Fury 325 which again the general manager came over again in the evening and rode with us and we had it was an amazing day but not only that they gave us all fast lanes for the day for free. Oh wow. So like they just kept on surprising us with stuff like it was an amazing day. It was probably one of the best events I can remember. Everyone just left like dumbfounded they couldn't believe all the perks they just rolled up the red carpet they had our, our logo and our name on the signs when we came into the park and everything it was great it was it was wow. amazing yeah the other thing i'll say about the virginia's for coaster lovers event is tim you and i and one of the things i really like about you is you have a really good sense of humor take Do jokes I? well yeah no you <laughs> see, there you go you just did it right there i i think this is a little behind the scenes and a little bit of uh perspective for our audience tim you you are here in our second season of the Coaster Challenge podcast. We had been in a YouTube channel for years, but became a podcast in, in the pandemic in 2021. In our first season, we had a meetup, started the podcast, started episodes, releasing them in March. And just a little more than six months later, in our very first season, we had a meetup and we, we announced that meetup, you know, several months in advance. And it was a Facebook invite and I invited you and, and you, and you said, you're going to come. And then oh, I, boy, I know where this is going, you know, where this is going. So, but I, I, again, it's, it's all in good. <laughs> fun and you know you know so you'll, you'll i think you'll like it. so you said you were gonna go and then i was talking to friends you know austin and caitlin all these people all these you know friends that you and i both are friends with and they're saying no i can't make it there's 
the coaster crew event. And then, so the next time I, I was hanging out with you, I was give, started giving you a hard time. And, you know, you, you and I had fun with it. But what, what I want to bring out the positivity of this is I know that's one of your most popular events. You, you, you love doing that event. And you had a lot of people there. Even with all mm-hmm. the people, you know, we did not know because we had never scheduled a, a meetup before. We, quite frankly, didn't. We should have looked at calendars, but we didn't. And you're, you're good at doing that. And that's a lesson learned. But we did not look at that. We went ahead and planned it. We, even though you had your event going on and so many local friends here in Florida, like the ones I mentioned and others, went to your event. We still had an amazing turnout at our, at our meetup. Our, our goal was to fill up a train on Velocicoaster. And we had 23 out of 24 people. So that we had one lucky non-meetup person. It was a single rider I gave a shirt to and he joined us. But we almost filled up that train in our first season, even with you, one of the biggest coaster clubs, having an event. Again, all jokes aside, no hard feelings or anything. But you, in a way... Tim, you kind of helped us prove that we have, our mission is succeeding and we are getting a following and people appreciate what we're about. Of course, we, we love our audience. We love our fans and, and our listeners. Thank you for helping us flex like that. That was kind of cool in a way. I think I personally know the answer to this from the talking to you. Still, good for our audience to hear. What has been the most challenging aspect of creating and running your coaster club and getting your events and, you know, with coaster crew and so forth? I had to think about this a little bit. It was very obvious that the biggest obstacle that I have is is probably being able to, to stay in contact with every member because early on, the club was much smaller. It was very easy to make a personal connection with all these people that attended events and it's a very big part of my vision and and mission for the club is to be family nice for me to be able to meet every single person that attends all my events or even the 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 members or even non-members that i see at the parks it's it's very important to me to make everyone feel welcome to make everyone feel included so that everyone has a good time it brings me no such joy and i i'm so proud of being able to bring smile to so many people's faces with with the event I want them to know that they're family and that that we're you know that this is the coaster crew families. It's just very difficult now as the club gets bigger to be right. able to to reach out to every person because there are some people that join the club that go to events that I might not attend because a park is holding it and I might not mm-hmm. be able to make it that weekend or you know sometimes events are so big or there's just all these scenarios where I might not be able to meet every other, every person that joins or comes to one of our events the meal times are a big part of that because when everyone sits down for the meals I make sure I get there a little early I eat first and then when I'm done that way I can spend time walking around and talking to everyone at all the tables and saying hello if I haven't met them before and, and walking them to the club if they're a new member or the biggest obstacle for me right now is still trying to, to keep those connections and make those connections with people because it's growing bigger than I thought it would. And it's mm. it's getting bigger than I am. It's been difficult. Yeah. But, but in a way, it's a good problem to have because you've been successful, chose success, and it, it's sort of the victim of its own success is what you're kind of getting yes. at. And, that, that, yeah. and that's why I feel it has become successful is because I've made those connections with people and I, I, I yeah. legitimately care that they come to these events and it, it means a lot to me. I get, you know, I, I get so many thank yous and it's, it's great, but I, I, just, I like to meet these people in person and, and actually meet them, make connections with them and, and, and be able to tell stories back and forth and talk about our favorite coasters and, and, and all that that comes with 
with it and it, it's it is getting harder and harder although like you said it is a, a good problem to have i guess <laughs> right right you know we've already been talking about uh and a, and a little bit about other events but what are you what would you say that you can talk about right now that you're looking forward to most at the Fort coaster crew here in 2022 i am looking forward to going to the west coast because i personally have not been there for years but we have never done an event there ever really yeah we've never touched the west coast at all we've always no 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 far west as like missouri that's about as right. far west in texas like pretty much that's the line there we've never gone to the west coast at all so i'm looking forward to magic mountain knott's berry farm and then we're probably going to do like a side thing to to sea world because they're opening up a new coaster as, over there as well yeah, yeah. and then i'll probably i'll probably stay for some personal time for some disneyland and universal the event days will include magic mountain and knott's berry farm and then a little side trip to sea world i know that's a little bit of a drive but we'll figure it out yeah it, it's a it's a couple hours from Knott's. i used to live in san diego and those are yeah. my old home parks, yeah so. that's not too yeah. bad i guess yeah. two hours is manageable anything over yeah. three i think would be a little bit much yeah, the yeah time... i'm looking forward to that the most oh yeah that makes sense the only time it would be three hours is unusual traffic. And again, you're going to have traffic because it's, you know, the five and the 405 and all these awful freeways in California. But even with typical traffic, I would say you can get between them in a couple hours. Now, yeah. you mentioned 2022. Um, yeah. I'm also very excited for 2023 because we're yes. going overseas to Scandinavia, to Sweden and Norway and Denmark. And so I'm very excited for that. We're going to go to a bunch of parks that I can't pronounce right now because <laughs> right. I don't have them in front of me. But it's going to be like all the major parks in Scandinavia for the most part. So that's normally like a eight or 10 day trip and we do our ground transportation and hotels and all the park admission and food and fast passes, ERT, all kinds of stuff. So more information coming on that soon, but I always love going overseas because we've gone to the UK already, to Germany, and we've had great success at those trips. Really looking forward to moving forward with being able to get back overseas once hopefully things start to settle down after everything that's going on in the world. So hopefully things will start to get back to normal, as we say, even though it yeah. seems like it's taken forever. <laughs> yeah, let's hear hoping though. One last thing to ask you, kind of regular questions here, Tim. We've talked about a lot of things. We talked about your, your weight loss journey. We've talked about Coaster Crew, talked about, you know, your enjoyment of coasters and conquering fear and anxieties and so forth. You have a much better understanding now, I think, of our mission. Given that, what advice, what words of wisdom would you, just last words of wisdom, would you like to share with our listeners? Well, the last couple of years have, have proven that people can be pretty nasty to each other, unfortunately. So I, I really feel like we all need to try to get into the mindset to try to change attitudes and and fight against all the negativity and the drama that continues to take over our lives and in other ways we need to try to fight back we really need to try to treat others kindly the way that we want to be treated and we just we all need to do better like it's it's i know it's been a difficult couple of years for everyone but we just we have to rise above it we have to be the better people i guess the better person and and not retaliate when someone does say something negative towards you. It's getting out of control, unfortunately. And I think that we all just need to kind of sit back and just think, you know, what can I do to raise the bar to, to overcome this negativity in life? Love it. And that's great advice. And uh, last thing, Tim, if you could share, again, I'm sure people that 
you know, maybe listening to this have already been Googling Coaster Crew and whatnot. But if you could share how people can find you, both Coaster Crew, the club, and if you want to share anything personal, if you want any personal social media websites or channels or whatnot, whatever you'd like to share, please go ahead and share those away. Okay, well, it's it's pretty simple because for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's just at Coaster Crew. And then for YouTube, actually, it's it's a Club Coaster Crew. So it'd be youtube.com slash Club Coaster Crew. I mean, our website is www.coastercrew.net. So if you're looking for information on um, our upcoming events, how to join our club, where we're going, where we've been, and how to connect with us, our website is one of the best places to go. It shows all of our upcoming events and everything, all the information you'd need to know about our club. Nice. Great. Thank you. So yeah, I appreciate that. Sharing that, and hopefully the listeners that are not as familiar with Coaster Crew may want to join after hearing talk about it today. Maybe they uh, will check that out and join and then hopefully go to an event soon. Well, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate your time today and chatting and a little more formally than we usually do, you and I personally. And thanks for sharing, especially your weight loss journey. I think that'd be very inspirational. I'm so proud of you for doing that. So thanks again. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. This has been an incredible experience, actually. I don't do many podcasts, so thank you for making it very easy for me. (laughs) Awesome. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Tim. That was a really good interview, Jenna. Yes, it was. You know, he really, really explained a lot about about Coaster Crew and a lot of the great events that are going on out there. And I just really want to take Tim the opportunity to thank you so much for taking the time to come on out. And he's a very busy guy, man. This guy travels all over the place within days. You know, like one day he's in Ohio, down next day he's down in Florida, next day he's down in California. <laughs> you know, he's all he bounces all over the place. <laughs> I, I don't know how he has the energy to do all that. Oh, it's just positive attitude and uh, just excitement you know just being able to be part of all these special events and new coaster openings and all that stuff it's just a lot of fun you know i wish i could be in his shoes right now (laughs) but anyway guys you know we it was a really awesome interview and we've got a very another exciting one coming up as uh pretty much this is the last episode of april looks like may is coming right up it's like wow we got a very special uh special season for you guys come up in may you know we've got a very very special month that we're going to be doing we're going to be doing what's called mice chat month and we're going to have interviews every friday in may with all the key people who develop mice chat which is a very popular disney news insider all kinds of fun stuff podcasts youtube channel they are one big organization and we're very close friends to the coaster challenge podcast so we're going to celebrate mice chat month in may Woohoo! So it's going to be a fun Disney edition of Mice Chat Month, and we're excited to share with that with all of you guys starting in next month. But in the meantime, for more information, Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. Yes, guys, make sure to hit the subscribe buttons on all our social media pages. Don't forget to hit our website at CoasterChallengeUSA.com and make sure to check out the Coaster Challenge store and any merchandise you guys purchase. All the proceeds we get, we donate to charity at the end of every year. And so make sure to check it out. We've got a lot of really awesome stuff in there. Like I said, May's coming up. Got a very exciting month ahead. So we're looking forward to sharing that with all of you guys starting next Friday. But until then, this is David Cantu. And this is Jenna Gazelle. We'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge.